0: The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. SV Pod is presented by DraftKings. Sure, UFC 249 was exciting, but that was just the primer. This Saturday, UFC 250 is starting off the June sports calendar with a bang. Fighters are eager to get into the octagon, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at a $1 million top prize with your first deposit. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge, or wild guesses, to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million. Because nothing makes a UFC event more exciting than when you've got some skin in the game with DraftKings. And for a limited time, DraftKings is offering both new and existing users a deposit bonus up to $500. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code SVP to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's promo code SVP to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposits required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's happening? Welcome. It's SV Pod. Stanford Steve is with me as always. And given what's going on in our country in the last few months, first with the coronavirus, something we've never dealt with in our life, and most recently with what happened in Minnesota and the reaction around the country to it, unfortunately, it's ground that we've covered before. Having a job where you're supposed to talk about sports, A, when there are no sports, and B, when there are protests, which turned violent, which turns into riots across the country. Uh, It it feels ridiculous to come in here and talk about sports when there aren't any. But for the purposes of this forum, where you can actually air things out and talk a bit, I wanted to bring in my friend Damian Woody, because Damian is one of my favorite people here. I often say that. It's a long list. We're really, really lucky. we got a lot of good folks up here. And Damien is high on the list of great people, accomplished people, bright people, uh, kind, smart, and right now angry, angry people. And it was Damien's anger in a phone call last week when I I called him up that made me start thinking about this and wanting to give him the floor here to talk and to ask questions. Uh, Because right now I think it is incumbent upon us – To listen to one another, particularly if we're not black, to listen to the people that we know, whether they're our acquaintances, whether they're friends, whether they're total strangers, to listen to them and hear them. Hear what it is they're telling us and believe them, believe what they're telling us, because what we keep seeing is that what they're telling us now is being videotaped, right? And so... It was that anger on the phone last week that made me feel like I wanted to give Damien a chance to come on now and share that, uh, and, and share with us where his mind is right now. Damien Woody joins us now. And Damien was, was the reason that last week uh, on Sports Center, we closed the show Friday with one big thing with me talking about the situation in Minneapolis and, the murder of George Floyd and what the direction things had taken and the conversation that we had on the phone, Damien was just it just didn't leave my mind and and what happened was I called you to talk about maybe you coming on and we we're going to talk about some nonsense about football and then we started talking about how you felt and it's been a, basically a week I don't know if you if you feel the same if you feel different right now y- your state of mind, your thoughts, what are they
1: uh oh, man, that, you know what, Scott, man, I still feel the same way because a week is not enough time for me to get over the anger of things that's happened over the course of my lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm. A
1: week is not enough time for me to get over the things that, you know, my parents, my grandparents have gone through. So as I reflect on things, it's almost like it's got, it's, you know, I'm like angrier at what's, you know everything that's happened, not only with George Floyd, but all the different types of things that's happened to me, that's happened to people that I know and love. And all I want is for people to understand and listen. And that's the key word. Listen to what people like myself and many other black folks have been saying for years, because to me, that's been the fundamental issue here, is we say these things, these things that's happened, Things have played out on TV, things have played out on camera phones, but it's almost like people just turn a blind eye to it. And I know myself, and it seems like the country is at a point where it's just like enough is enough, man. So I'm just, I'm glad we're able to to really air this out and talk about it.
0: And and so... People that are listening to the podcast who might not have heard, uh, the, what led to me talking on SportsCenter about this was when I called and you said you were angry and you don't like when you're, when you have, uh, a, a, something that you can't channel and that anger, I understand not being able to channel it. And just so you and I are clear, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we are, but just as a starting point, like I'm not suggesting in a week you'd be like, oh no, I'm cool. We're good. I mean, because things since you and I spoke only got worse because, because things, Things took a violent turn at property damage. The, 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 the message gets lost in the imagery of, you know, oh, it's oh, it's the, the people are looting and they're doing this and that and the other thing. And that doesn't help that 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 obscures the message for some. And that obs- and that's that's unfortunate because the message, the central message here is about what you said, which is what happened to George Floyd and what you've dealt with in your life. And that for me is what I I want to try to get to. Because you know how much I appreciate you and and our friendship. And when you come through and sit with me and Steve and, man, like I said on television, the laughs are easy. The conversation is easy. The things that make us the same, man, it's a long-ass list. But I know that you, as a black man and as a big black man, deal with things that I haven't and won't ever be confronted by in my life, namely that if I see red and blue lights in my rear view, I'm not afraid. I'm not, but I imagine that in your life you have been.
1: Well, absolutely, man. There's so many stories that, that I can tell, and I'll, I'll get into a couple of things. But I think one thing you pointed out to me, pointed out just now um, is worth repeating: the fact that you you know you said that you know I'm a big black man, and what people don't understand is, and Scott, you, you, we know each other well. We've been around each other for a long time. Everyone says, you know, man, you're just like a big teddy bear. Yep. Yes, I am that way. But there's a there's a reason why I'm that way. Because as, as, as a big black man in, in this society, people can take it, they get intimidated, they get scared. So for me, I'm always conscious of, let me see if I can make myself smaller. Let me make sure that, you know, the way I communicate doesn't come across as, you know, intimidating. You almost, I almost have to shrink myself on a daily basis just so I can accommodate other people so they feel comfortable. Imagine living that way where you have to constantly every day try to accommodate other people so they aren't afraid of you. I mean, that really, really, it really bothers me. And to get into, you know, the, the stories about, being stopped by a policeman, Listen, when I, you know, I live in New Jersey, okay. Live in a small town in New Jersey. And it's, you know, it's a great area, you know, to raise, you know, raise me and my wife and, and raise our kids. And I remember when I bought the house here and literally it was the third day after I bought the house, I'm driving home from, from Bristol, Connecticut. I get pulled over right as soon as I get into town and then all it literally in 5 minutes there was like three cup cars um behind the initial cup car and all these guys get out and they ask for my my license registration proof of insurance and then all of a sudden it was you know why are you here i'm you know and i'm like in my head i they thinking, asked you that okay, that's what they asked yes you. that's what they asked me. why are you here and i'm thinking in my head okay let me this is like really easy It's a really easy question because my address is on a license. But I said, you know what, I'm going to just play along with it. And I said, sir, I just moved into the neighborhood, looked at my car, you know, what do you do for a living? I said, sir, I work at ESPN. I just drove home, and it's late, and I'm just trying to get home and, and, you know, kiss kiss the wife and put the kids to bed. And like those questions, man, it's like, do people understand how embarrassing that is? Where you literally get questioned by somebody else about where you live, why are you here, you know, what do you do because of the car, the kind of car that you drive? That's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's, it makes you feel like you're a second class citizen that I have to explain why do I have why I have the type of vehicle that I have, which I earn and work hard for, and have to tell tell this guy. But at the same time, having the mindset of I can't I can't go off because it could be bad for me in the end. So I'm going to just be polite, answer the questions, so I can just get home. How long
0: did that happen? Like, so this guy's this guy's asking you what, 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 all those things, and then he
1: asked me like, yep, asked me all I, if this, this whole this whole incident took about 25 minutes. Everything took about 25 minutes they follow they you home to questions.
0: your house they follow you so home? they ain't
1: follow, no, follow me home but once they 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 asked me these questions after they asked me the questions went to the cop car i guess to run everything and make sure everything is good and that took forever and then once it came back it was like sorry mr woody have a nice night and that was that was the end of it and then i you know then i you know went home and um, but it's stuff like that man it have these type of things happen all the time you would not believe it It happens all the time and myself and other people have voiced these stories but again it just seems like for the longest people just think that we're just making it up when it's we're not we're not and that's the frustrating part
0: how difficult damien is it when you get home to your to your your wife and your children, and it's late. Maybe they're all asleep. But whatever, you get home to the t- t- and like think about what home is, right? Like, what does it represent to people? You're listening right now. Everybody that's listening, what does home represent to you? I know what it represents um, to me. Like that's my safe place. Like that's my like that's where love lives. That's that's where I'm gr- I'm good when I get there. But if I get home after that, I'm not good. I'm far from good. When you got home that night, like how long does it take to let go of that?
1: Well, first of all, I, I didn't even. I sat in. I sat in the garage for about twenty minutes mm-hmm. because I didn't want to take that energy into the house. You know, literally, I was like so angry because here it is. We just moved into this neighborhood, and we and this is the type of introduction that we get. The inner type of the type of introduction that I get coming into this neighborhood, and I'm like, wow, man, this is this is crazy. So I literally sat in my garage for twenty minutes just to decompress and gather myself because I didn't want to take that energy to, you know, inside the house to my, to my wife and to my kids. Now I eventually, you know, I end up telling my wife about it. And, you know, she's, you know, my wife is is, is a saint and she just does a tremendous job of talking and and, and just calming me down and things. But man, you, when you step into your house, man, it's just supposed to be your place of calm and, and peace. And for me to have to walk in the house on edge is, that's not anything that anyone should, should have to experience.
2: Would um, I'm just curious. My sister married a black man. My, my little nephew and my little niece, they're black. And I just – I think about, you know, with the conversations that are coming. They're young. They're really young. They're five and two right now. But, like, what do you say to your kids? Like, how – like, are you talking nightly right now? Are you, I mean, I, you, I understand it's been, it's been a process for you and, you know, that's why you're so frustrated because it's been forever, but like, how did, how did those things go? You sit them all down at the same time. I mean, you got a daughter in college now.
1: Yeah. I have, I have two daughters in college, man. And, 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 you know, the, the thing about having older kids, we're able to talk and, and, and the conversation is different as you get older, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, we're like more like, you know, it's becoming more like friends. So, for them to be able to have conversations about everything that's going on is is actually refreshing and you learn some things uh, from your kids sometimes but you know I have also I have three three my three boys and my boys are, are my youngest out of my seven kids and so um, you know to having to explain to them because they see what's going on TV and they're like dad what, what's going on what, what's, what is happening and they to have to explain exactly what's going on. Explain to them what could possibly happen in the future. What do you need to do when these certain situations arise? I mean, think about that. I mean, I want everyone listening to this to really think about that. The fact that I have to ha- have a talk with my boys about certain situations that arise, what should you do? That should yep. never have to happen. No. It, it that never has to happen. That's the issue
2: is – You you know it like you you have to have a conversation about something bad that you know is going to happen. That's that's awful.
1: It is man, and like I said, it goes back to this is not some random occurrence. The experiences that I've had, I guarantee you, Lewis Riddick has had the the Mm -hmm. experience Lewis Riddick has had. I guarantee you, Booger McFarlane has had. You know, so this is not some one off. These type of things happen all the time and people are just sick and tired of it man we want change and that's what we're it just seems like that's where we're at right now
2: i want to talk to you about another thing uh that i've been thinking a lot about and that's that's in the locker room i just think about my time in college and it the locker room is the best place in the world and i've seen it be as bad of a place when it when it gets really bad I seen a couple guys go at it buck ass naked, uh, in the shower, uh, about some <laughs> that went down. But, you know, I, I, you know, you know what I'm talking about though, like, cause, because I'm sure at the pro level, you could put it behind you because it's such a limited locker room. But college, I mean, you're at BC. We know how that, you know, that the numbers are as far as that goes. I know what the numbers are, you know, you being a, a black guy playing O line. Like I'm wondering how different those conversations are going to be in the locker room and how much more responsibility coaches are going to have because you can't just let, you can't let stuff go anymore. You know, you know, it's when two guys don't like each other. Everybody on the team knows that, you know, and usually it's because it's something off the field and, you know, whether it's what, you know, guys, the way they were raised and whether guys were, you know, were brought up. So, how do you, how do you feel about things like how do you think are a lot is more on the table for the coaches?
1: Well, listen, I've I've always been in the mindset players police the locker room. And the one thing about I love about the locker room is it's unfiltered. Like you literally guys come from all different backgrounds, black, mm-hmm. white, rich, poor, liberal, conservative. Everybody is a big melting pot in the locker room. If you got a problem, guess what? I can talk to you man to man, face to face, and we can talk about it. We can fight about it. You, yeah. You've probably seen it in the locker room. Guys have gotten to fisticuff, and you know what? We still, you know, we still boys. That's just the way it is. But I mean, listen, we had an incident. To, you know, we had an incident today. You know, with with Drew Brees. You know, had kind of weighing in on everything that's going on, and you seeing some of the you seeing some of the the, the backlash from even some of his, te- his own teammates in the locker room. So mm-hmm. listen, everything that's going on is, a, you know, people will say, well, you know, sports is the ultimate cure-all. No, but you know what? No, that's not necessarily the case. No, I know. Of, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of, like, listen, when, when people when people get back into their locker room, respective locker, locker room, or when the Saints players get back, don't think that this topic is not going to come up and it's going to have to be addressed. It's going to be addressed, but we know in the locker room setting, nobody's hiding. It's going. It's going to be nope. front and center. That's what I really appreciate about the locker room. I,
0: I want to ask you about that breeze comment in a minute, but but before I get to that, I just I was having a conversation uh, on. I, we were talking on uh, what's today, Steve? Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. The days and weeks, my goodness. Um alright, so we're talking on a Wednesday. I talked earlier this week, Tuesday, I think it was. I talked with Maryland football coach Mike Loxley. And um African American head coach, coaching college football in charge of a uh, hundred and some odd, however many young men. And when this all happened, he, he said that he put his group, his guys together. He wanted them in small groups to talk about this. And they, they put together, they put out a statement as a team. Uh, and they wanted to try to reflect that locker room because as he told me, I got white guys whose dads are cops. I got black guys whose dads are cops. I got people that are Trump supporters in our locker room and I got people who can't stand Trump in our locker room. I'm like, all right. So it's like, it's America. The locker room's a reflection, uh, Damien, like you were just talking about. And ultimately they landed with, with where they are and they put out a unified statement and he's going to, he wants his guys out in the community to be kind of agents of change. And I, I appreciated everything he said about the way he thought through this. And what that locker room is going to try to do, but when when a guy who's the face of a team and Drew Brees is that, when he is the face of a franchise and he is that, says what he says about the anthem, and I respect his opinion because we are all entitled to that. But if that plays poorly in the locker room, and it's Drew Brees, like how do you sort? Like how does that get worked through? <laughs>
1: You know, Scott, that's a Mm -hmm. great question because there are so many issues in the locker room that comes up. But usually when we talk, you know, usually when the issue of race comes into it, that's a totally different animal. It's a totally different animal. And I know that, you know, Drew Brees, um, you know, Drew Brees aired his opinion about the anthem and Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, especially at this heightened time in our our country and our society right now, there's going to be some serious conversations. You know, the one thing again, I go back to the locker room. It's not one of those things where you can hide and kind of sweep it under the rug, because that's just not the way men go about go about doing their business in the locker room. So it's going to have to be one of those things where man to man, we're going to have to talk this thing out in a, in a team meeting. Like we, it can't be, you know, it can't be thinking, oh well, we're going to just sweep it under the rug. No, we got, we have to talk it out. And if feelings got to get hurt. Feelings have to get hurt, and hopefully you can mend them, you know, moving forward. Because ultimately, as a team, you're there for one reason, one reason only, only, and that's winning. But I always say the locker room is not PC, man. It's not Mm-mm. PC in the locker room. You gonna get you gonna get the real <laughs> in the locker room.
2: <laughs>
1: sure are, and, and,
0: and that's that's why I think the locker room that that, that analogy that and I, a lot of people have made it. I think that. That there's a lot of that would do a lot of us a lot of good because it's a meritocracy and there's you know voices get loud feelings get hurt but there's a common there's a unity there in the end and unfortunately like we as a country don't have a game to play you know what I'm saying like we don't people pe- the, the fractured nation uh, nature of things doesn't allow people to to, to often to come together um, I, I do wonder this that does this feel different we've seen this repeated far too often. And we've seen the cycle repeating. Uh, I, I admired what uh, Nick Wright, um, who works for Fox, talked about, about, about how if people, don't ch- if people don't use their voices to try to lead to change, that this cycle will repeat. You can set your watch to it. And it's, it's a sad but true statement. But did, does this feel different to you in terms of the number of voices that have lent themselves to this saying, what can I do? How can I, how can I be an agent of change?
1: It does feel different. I had a I had a conversation with my dad um, two nights ago about everything that's going on, and we talked about like the '60s and and where did um, he grow you know, up, to, Damien? Where where did he grow up? He grew up yeah. in Virginia. He grew up in he grew up in the um, right outside of Richmond, Virginia. So you know that was a that was a crazy crazy time in the '60s growing up in Richmond, Virginia. Mm. So um, but the one thing he said was that there's a, there's a bigger coalition this time, you know, in the 60 was very polarized and there was, it was really trouble one side against the other side. This, you know, this go around, he's like, this just seems like there's the coalition is a lot, is a lot bigger and, and people, the energy seems to feel like people really want to change. And I think the, the word that, that really struck to me was energy because if we're, if, if we're going to really have big structural change the energy has to keep going because at some point the, the protests are going to die down they're going to wither away and the question is are people going to revert back to the status quo or are they going to keep the same energy moving forward to really affect change and I, I just have the sense that there's a lot of energy right now, and uh, so I, you know, I'm hopeful that we can really get things moving in the right direction.
2: When you say that energy, we we have Mark Spears on our our NBA guy last night talking about this. Obviously, Damian, and he just talked about the the youth, and he's like, "Man, I, I believe in this youth. I love this youth because they don't care if you're gay, you're white, you're black, you're brown, whatever. They they don't care. They don't see it, and I, I understand." You know, at your age. You say you're tired of it. And I, you know, people. He, Mark Spears says he's 48. This is this has been his life. Um. So I mean, you have that much hope in, in the youth when you say that energy?
1: Uh, absolutely. Because listen, Good. I got I got teenagers. I got I got <laughs> adults, and I see that you know I see the the type of people that they hang around like my like my kids. I call them like I call them the UN because they hang around with People from all backgrounds, and mm-hmm. they like it's it's a beautiful thing, and I think th- that the energy that they have, yeah, I look at it every single day throughout this whole conflict that's been going on in our country. I look at them and, and like my own kids, and I can sit back and kind of smile and, and say, you know what, it's bad right now, but because of them, I think we we'll, we'll be okay. We're gonna be all right. They'll keep this thing moving in the right direction.
2: I gotta ask though, I mean, we, we joke around all the time and you know, you got, you got, you had the six pack and then you had another one for the seven. You know, this quarantine, man, I, I mean, what are that, what are them grocery bills like, bro? Oh,
1: uh, man, listen, man, when you got, when you got nine kids, nine people in the house, man, it's, the grocery bill is, is pretty, it's pretty stacked, but I'm saving money on gas. <laughs> 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 hey, gas, gas okay. eighty, man.
0: Like gas is cheap, man. It's like all the like <laughs> meat like meat prices like one day, like obviously because of the coronavirus, meat plants get whatever shut shut down, whatever, all of a sudden, what the <laughs> f-? this
1: bill just like, went to get some steak or something. Like like I'm walking out of there with okay. pennies in my pocket. Man, let me tell, let me tell you something man. I got three boys, three grown boys. I got girls that, you know, they they like to get it in and they like steak and lobster and all that type of, you know, all that type of foolishness, man. So, I'd be like, "God damn, this bill high." And it's like, every, "We like going to the grocery store every week." I'm like, "Man, we got to we got to get out of this corona shit, man, and get these kids out the house."
2: And hopefully we got, we got some, we got some light on the sports front, but I, I I thought of you again today, Wood, uh, with this idea that the NBA is going to Disney. And they want their families to come. And I just thought of you having to stay no, at Disney bro. for four no, months, possibly.
1: Man, man, I would just, I would just drive off a cliff if I had to stay at Disney for now. four months. Are you kidding me? Like kids are driving
0: crazy. Hey, I said, bro. I, no. I said this to Woj. I said this to Woj the other night. Like, are you really telling me? Like, let's say it's LeBron. Just take take one of the uh, the biggest star in the NBA. You telling me LeBron and the Lakers are going to go? Out of Disney and in the middle of July and possibly stay there until October and can't go. Like, there's no chance, man. Zero chance that that's going to happen.
2: Where are they going to stay? Animal Kingdom?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Well, they, they
2: got nice places down there, bro, but like,
1: after after
2: a week, like,
1: I got to go home, man.
2: Russell Westbrook ain't staying at the Grand Floridian. <laughs>
1: Man, let me tell you, man. I I be sleeping on Space Mountain, man. Like this, this shit is crazy,
2: man. That's crazy.
0: Oh, it feels good to laugh, man, because uh, obviously the the emotions of this past week and change have been have been so prevalent and heavy. It's like a, it blocks out the light, um, and and we need that. But the thing that that I really want to ask you, and I appreciate your friendship, and um, and you you've been kind to me and 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 it matters to me But as I said on television like if I'm the white guy with the so-called hood pass if I'm the if I'm the white guy that's invited to the cookout that's great but it's useless if I don't show up uninvited now if if I don't do something to to help and talking is important because I'm listening to the things you're telling me and the experiences that you've had that are far too uh, common that I have not dealt with but I'm not asking you to tell me my job, but I'm asking you what you think anybody that's listening right now, that's not a black man or woman in our country right now could do to be of help. What would, what, what would be the first thing that comes to your mind?
1: Well, listen, I think the first thing is you you know, we've said it throughout this whole, this whole talk is, is number one, listen. Mm. And that's the biggest thing is just listen. And we, we have a saying in, in, in sports, Bill Parcells just say it all the time, but get comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, because we're, as a a society, we're so tribal. We're living our bubbles. We go about our everyday lives and, you know, our communities. And a lot of times we, we, you know, associate or hang out with people that basically are similar to, you know, similar to us. And the only way we can grow is, is through change and change is never comfortable. And so I, you know, I challenge everyone to, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, extend, extend yourself and, and seek out people who aren't like you. You know, I, I think that's, uh, to me, that's just a big thing. You know, when I grew I grew up in, in right outside of Richmond, Virginia, I grew up in very rural town um, called Beaverdam, And the one thing about where I grew up, I grew up, we were poor, so I grew up around poor blacks. I grew up around poor whites. I grew up around rednecks who had Confederate flags and, 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 and shotguns in, in, the, in the back. But the one thing that, that I'm so grateful for was because I grew up, grew up around so many different types of people, I have an understanding of everyone. I have different perspectives. And to me, that's the key to this whole thing is for people to listen to diff- a different perspective than what you're used to because you might learn something and I'm not saying that everyone's going to agree, but listening to other people's uh, perspective, trying to understand where they're coming from, walk a mile in their shoes. That could be a start to the change that we need as a, as a society.
2: Damien, uh, I pride myself on being a good listener. Uh, I am listening. I know Scott's listening, but I hope you're listening when I say I miss you, bro. And, uh, we need you back here on campus. I miss our talks and uh, stay well. I hope I hope everything goes well with your family and and we and we stay strong in these times.
1: Oh, absolutely, man! I know you guys are you know making your way down to DC, and you know I'm gonna I'm gonna have to show up there at one point with some go-go music and and, and just and kicking you guys down there. Man. So don't don't think don't think you've escaped me just because y'all going down to DC. I can tell you that right now. Hey,
0: what? When- we're not running from you. We're not, we're not running and hiding from you. We'll, we'll miss sitting face to face, uh, doing what we've done, uh, throughout the time that our show's been on. But, uh, I mean this when I say it. I just, I just have such an appreciation for the energy you always bring to the room, the knowledge, the, the, the smile, the laughter. And, and when it, and when it matters, uh, the seriousness, the real. And, um, mm-hmm. right now it, it's, it's, very, very necessary, and so, like Steve said, uh, I, I'm listening, and you know I always will, and I just, I was listening the other day on the phone, and it felt like it was, it was real necessary to talk about this, and you know what, like, it feels like it's just the beginning, like, we could keep going, and you could keep sharing, and that's what we got to do, like, it can't be, like, just now, you know, like, this is this is me doing my terrible long goodbye, but it's just because it it feels like the conversation should continue. So I guess what I would say on the way out is let's just, let's make a promise to each other that, that when it goes back to quote unquote normal, that we don't stop talking about what we all should try to do. Is that a deal?
1: That's a deal, man. Listen, you guys, both of you guys always, you know, you guys have always been my a ones, man. So, you know, I love you guys. I've always, you know, love being around you guys. And, we're going, to, we're going to definitely continue
0: this. I love you, big man. You be safe, stay well, and uh, we, hope that the, we hope that the kids can get out there and, and get out, and, out of the house sooner than, uh, than you go broke trying to feed everybody, all right? <laughs> man, a, a, amen to that. <laughs> During this time of change, we want you to know that Zip Recruiter's focus hasn't changed. They're still doing what they've always done, helping people find work and helping businesses find the right people for their open roles. If you're looking for a job, ZipRecruiter is working with you to find the right job faster. They're dedicated to helping you get hired from caretaking to delivering food and goods to building medical facilities, supplying protective equipment, and so much more. In fact, ZipRecruiter's app will send you up-to-date job openings so you can be one of the first to apply, and if you're actively hiring, ZipRecruiter will invite candidates to apply to your most urgent roles, making it faster and easier to reach the people you need. By connecting people who need jobs and companies that need people, ZipRecruiter is working with all of us so we can keep moving forward. Let's work together. ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash work together. And remember, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at over $1 million in prizes. Download the DraftKings app and enter code SVP at sign up. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Once again, our sincere thanks to our friend Damien Woody, the best there is. Um, my thanks to Stanford Steve, as always, for his his friendship. That guy keeps me sane, man. Uh, you have no idea. Uh, he's he's like Linus Van Pelt is from Peanuts. Did you guys know that Linus and Lucy were Van Pelt? They are. Uh, and Linus had the blanket. Steve's my blanket, man. He 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 keeps me he keeps me okay when I uh, last few months and particularly this last week. When I'm looking around, like, what are we doing? He's like, we're all right. We're good. And uh, I waited till he wasn't on headset to say these things about him. And don't tell him I said nice stuff about him. But he's my guy, uh, my ace, and um, I appreciate his questions to Damien as well. So we appreciate you being out there. Appreciate you listening. Stay safe. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you soon.